and I will say, Rich, thank you very much for letting me know about the layers of uh, packaging on this bottle. Otherwise, I'd be opening a cork the, and ripping off a thing and pulling the off a bottle. The chastity belt. There are three <laughs> layers that get you to the cuvee rene. <laughs> you got to really want this. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to Liquid Bread. This is our very first taster episode. Yo, yo. Uh, Rich, Rich is going to lead us through a tasting. I'm Matt Smith. Rich is going to lead something again. I'm boring. <laughs> People are sick of me. Rich rules. We love it. Rich, no. I'm well. <laughs> I'm Maddie Smith. My buddy Larry Bates is here. What's up? And of course, the master cicerone is going to lead us in the tasting. Rich Higgins. That's right. Everyone, buckle up. This is going to be amazing. Leading. <laughs> I th- this, these beers are so nuts. They're just so full of flavor. It's fun to just like, you know, taste them and figure out what the hell you taste. Yeah. And I like to do it like that and figure out like why does it taste that way. You know, and and hopefully it'll help you wrap your head around it and under you know or appreciate some of the oddball flavors in here. And I'll tell you, I so, opened up this bottle and the smell just takes me to a. Pl- I I am transported by the smell. It is a very strong, to, specific wow, wow. smell, and I love it. Takes you to a horse barn. <laughs> yeah, it's a sour, <laughs> that sour, dirty horse barn that I love oh, hanging I out in. Love that. I kind of <laughs> love that. I love that. Yeah, oh, oh, it's it great. Funky, and we're. I feel like all three of us are big fans of funk in general, in food mm-hmm. and drink. We like the funk. I guess so. Yeah, bringing the noise, bringing the funk. That's right. So the beer that we are tasting today is from Lindemann from Brauer. How do you say B R O U W E R I J? Rich Brauerei. Braure. Braure Lindemann. Oh, wow, you nailed it, man. Braure. Well, I got to say it quickly <laughs> before it dissolves from my brain. <laughs> yeah. um, from the town of from the town of Lesenbeek, Belgium. Lesenbeek. Lesenbeek, Belgium. Blesenbeek. It is Lindemann's Cuvée René. Mm-hmm. Rich, I know this is an Eau de Guise Lambic Ale because I'm reading it on the bottle. But what else? <laughs> what else? Well, first of all, it's not an ale as we've discussed, right? It's a Lambic. Um, it says Lambic Ale on the bottle. I know it does. You're you're correct. You're reading correctly. I'm just trying to plug our previous episode. That's true. Oh, you know, if you're, you're, cover, you're covering you're for yourself. If, yeah, if you're wondering whether it's an ale or not, you should listen to our previous episode on our podcast. Uh, anyway, yeah. So it's a it's a guz. Um, so out of out is how they would pronounce it there, and um, that means that it's an aged guz, and it is a blend of multiple years worth of lambics. Usually, a blend of one year old, two year old, and three year old lambic. Lambic is an unaged version of this beer, and Guz is the blend of the aged Lambics. Mm. Um, so, yeah, with that, it really, I, I kind of want to be like the anti-leader of this of this thing. Just go ahead and taste it because it's got so much flavor and it's so chaotic. Mm-hmm. All right, is that fair? Is. Absolutely. All right. So I will say here, yeah, pour it uh, from the bottle. You'll need a wine opener. Um, this is one of those sneaky, sneaky Belgian surprises. Yeah, Rich, here. Rich warned a, me before we recorded. He was like, you, has, you need a wine opener. <laughs> I was like, go. It has a crown cork. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, pry off crown cork. And then underneath that is a short little stubby uh, cork. I mean, a pry off crown cap uh, on top of a stubby little cork. And then um, and they wrap that in foil. That's right. Yeah, you got to cut through the foil too. It should have a, a healthy, frothy collar of foam as you pour it. So don't pour it too fast. Because um, it'll leap out of the glass. Um, I poured it into the glass that they typically will drink out of uh, in Belgium uh, that they'll use for lambic in Belgium, and that is a kind of straight sided short uh, little glass. And um, mm-hmm. if you want to learn more about that, actually go to uh, YouTube and check out my uh, video on this stuff at uh, uh, Master Cicerone Rich Higgins. Uh, but anyway, um, you can also use a wine glass or a uh, snifter or something like that. Um, any sort of glassware. I will tell you, work. glassware is super fun to me. Like I, I love, cool. I love like 
trying to figure out what the right glassware for what beer is and like knowing that, you know, and pouring Ooh. it. It feels it feels well, very a, very classy and cool. Well, me. it certainly can and it can transport you um, you know, to the 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 region where the beer's from. So yeah, it, it actually definitely go to go to YouTube because I've got a series of four different glassware videos out right now. I should have plugged these in my last yeah, right this day. I'll bring it up right now. Yeah. Uh, Great. So I took a taste, Rich. Yeah, yeah so check it out. Anyway, so so you took a taste. I told you not to. Yes, Didn't you please take... go ahead. Oh. Take a taste. No, you told us to take a you taste. You had to take a I taste. I did. I did. I'm Eric. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. You are an I'm anti-leader today. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's delicious. Honestly, right, what do you, not. What do you got? What, what honestly, do you taste? I will say. I mean, very first impression. Not as sour as I was expecting. Okay. Not as. Have like, you had another sour beer today? That's interesting. I that definitely that. have. I have had a sour, right. sour beer. So I had your a sour palate right is getting accustomed to acidity. Because I think it's. I think it's a very sour beer, yes. Which is what made me want it and love it. Which has me <laughs> searching the internet to order some right now. Nice, it's really good. Yeah, it is a it is boldly sour. Certainly for people who are not used to sourness in beer. Um, but yeah, so it's a it's a sour beer. Um, sure, there's some that are more sour. Out well, I there. guess I'll I, say I, I guess I'll say it's not as sour as I thought. Coming from someone who hasn't had a lambic in a long time, I also just drank uh-huh. a sour beer before this, and I was bracing for like a tart. Punch mm. to the mouth. Well, I wouldn't dare tell someone without the context of this that this yeah, beer is not that sour. sour. Yeah. It is. It is wildly. Well, here's sour. a trick. Here's a trick. Take another sip with your nose pinched. Okay, pinch okay. your nose. Take a sip and swallow it, and leave your nose pinched for a couple seconds, and think about how much you are salivating. That salivation oh, happens in response to the acidity. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. And then breathe out through your nose. It's just like drinking acid until you smell all the stuff going yeah. on when you breathe out through your nose. Yeah, yeah. This smell is so. This smell is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to describe this smell. To me, I just think of like is farmhouse funk. But I really yeah, feel like I've only developed that thought as in the from beer. You know, from drinking yeah. a lot of beers and being told that. Well, let's talk about funk. What what, yeah. what what do you mean by funk? What do people mean by funk when they talk about beer being funky? Hmm. Is it weird to be getting blue cheese out of this? No, no, oh not my at all. God. I feel but like not every blue cheese. Like, like there's something. There's some blue cheese you've had, Larry, that is has some crossover flavors that this beer is reminding you of. Oh it's it's triggering a memory. There's, there's like an herbal element. I feel like always partly to mm-hmm. herbal, Jesus. like straw, um, mm-hmm. even like like fresh straw. Does that make sense? Sure. Fresh straw can straw be fresh? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's fresh straw is usually grass yeah I mean, yeah it's fresh, in the grass yeah. but, but guess, if it's green you might say it's grass yeah well but if i said <laughs> grass i like think of grass in my yard and that doesn't feel right either hey you know, I mean, go I, mow that lawn and you'll this you'll makes me it. want a cob salad i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> the blue cheese or the bacon yes. oh there's my actually God. bacon like, aroma in here too i know well maybe that's it all of a sudden i'm i'm like i'm thinking cob salad man <laughs> I think it would be incredible with cop salad. It'd be great salad dressing. Mix this, mix one part of this with two parts olive oil, and you know, you got a great salad dressing. What else do you smell? So we got herbs, we got grass. I definitely get that grass. I, I even get a little hay. I get, I get some hay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, there's an app, a little bit of apple-y. apple Mm-hmm. There's something mm-hmm. fruity. There is something fruity. Like it almost, it's it almost, it's it feels cider adjacent. I feel like sour beer. I I, I agree with you, Maddie. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a. So how about apple cider vinegar? You smell yeah. That? That's Ooh, yeah. The dude. vinegar. Yeah. Oh my god! Now that you said that, it is coursing through my tongue. I oh my god! What I've, oh my god! Because I love apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's wow. a ton of cross with that. So specifically, all right. Here's here's all right. There's a bunch of different avenues we can go down here. I definitely Jesus. want to talk about fruit. 
But while we're talking about acid, yeah. take another smell, and you probably smell apples. You smell cider, but smell specifically. Do you smell vinegar or do you smell sour? Because some brewers of Lambic are okay with some vinegar in their beer, and some brewers hate it. They don't want any vinegar whatsoever. So do you smell vinegar on this one? I feel like I do. I, get I, don't, a little I don't want to offend Mr. Lindemann. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I get a little vinegar. I get a little vinegar. I get a little. I personally don't off oh, this, no. and I think Mr. Lindemann would would be a little offended. I don't think I don't think uh, Mr. Wow, Mr. Renee wants well, it. We could tell Mr. Lindemann I am a vinegar <laughs> <laughs> vinegar aficionado. Vinegar is my life. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, well. The, regardless of whether it's there, it's it's small in comparison to the amount of lactic acid that's in there. Uh, the primary acid that's making this beer sour is lactic acid, and that's the exact same acid that's in pickles and sauerkraut and yogurt and kimchi. So on this, I smell I smell yogurt, just like plain yogurt, not mm-hmm. like vanilla yogurt or whatever, and I smell um, sauerkraut. So to me, it's like bright, bold sauerkraut with the CO two in there as well. And I, I don't fun. know if I know I, what sauerkraut smells like, if I'm being honest. Now that you say that, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so I So the trick with sauerkraut, sauerkraut, though, is that it's full of sulfur aromatics from the cabbage. All right. Mm. So if you can divorce the sulfur from the sour smell, that's lactic acid that you're getting. I don't know if I've um, ever eaten it, sauerkraut. Oh, my God, man. I'm just oh, thinking, well, because I'm just like trying to think of one time when I've actually eaten sauerkraut. All you do is talk about your trip to Belgium with me. It reminds me you've never been to Germany with me. You gotta I gotta go. Oh, oh are you kidding me? I got. I, they have sauerkraut love, there. Oh, the Kolsch's and the Dunkels. You're raining <laughs> down and the sour. Oh, You're, I'm all for it. Nice. Yeah. But. Music. Music. My ears. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah. So this is primarily lactic acid. Lactic acid is described at, on the palate as a softer acid than vinegar. All right. Vinegar is sharp. It's pungent. It will make you tear up. Uh, lactic acid is much smoother and gentler. It's not as strong an acid. However, this is a boldly sour beer. So that means that it is the, that there is lactic acid in there, and it's the sour means there's just a lot of lactic acid. All right. So don't get confused. A lot of beer folks I talk to get confused and say, oh, well, it's a very sour beer. Therefore, it has to have some vinegar in it. it that's not the case. If you have a lot of lactic acid, it will be boldly sour. However, this is not a eye watering sourness that you might get from, uh, from vinegar. So another thing that there's no vinegar there means to me that there's also not going to be any nail polish remover or plum or pear aromas. Okay. And those are all related to that ethyl acetate uh, um, ester I was talking about with the Flanders Reds. So this is going to instead have ethyl lactate, which is the the sour um, ester that you get off of lactic acid uh, that smells kind of pan fruity, like a lot of different fruits. Um, but specifically, I do get uh, some apple out of this. Um, I also get um, I get pineapple, I get grapefruit. Uh, let's 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 break down the the fruit families, the aromatic fruit families. Okay, there's six different ones, uh, and first one you can think about is pom fruits. Pom fruits is like uh, apples and pears. So we can check that. We already mentioned we got some apple. Uh, another family is citrus. So do you guys get any citrus fruits? Well, it's hard to it's hard to forget that you said grapefruit a second ago. I realize I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to cheat, but was I correct? But do I do think yes, absolutely. Yeah. That was the one, especially yeah. when you said I was like, yeah, yeah. I can. Mm. yeah. Do you think it's uh, yellow grapefruit, pink grapefruit? I mean, you can get more specific um, if you want. You know, you can go as specific as you as as you can on these things. Oh God! I mean, I I don't know. I'd lean pink, but I'd I'm lean staring pink at too. it, and I'm like, oh, I don't know mm. what the color is. 
I'm leaning yellow. I don't I don't get the pink note off of it. Um, hmm. But that's fine. Pink to me uh, is it's a little bit of a softer grapefruit. It's more floral, and I don't get a lot of flowers off this beer. But that's just me personally. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. Right now, I just can't stop smelling blue cheese and bacon. <laughs> well, let's get to the animal stuff in a sec. I think okay. you're, you're sorry, dead on there. Sorry. sorry. But I, I will say, is it weird that I get a little bit of orange almost? I mean, I guess it's like no. close. To, I feel like I get, there's almost a taste here of if I have like a blue moon or something and okay. I put, and I had tossed an, and I had an orange yes. on the glass and mm-hmm. I tossed the orange in. I've been drinking it. I'm at, it's that little last mm-hmm. part at the bottom that's just kind of soaking in the orange. Okay. I almost get like that flavor coming I, from. I, it. I, I, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, Maddie. I totally get that. Okay, good. Maddie, and it, that, that, that might sound not like appealing, but it is a it is a it is a compliment. <laughs> I like it. I think it's a nice, a nice flavor, a nice mix of of flavors. Well, yeah, that's legit. And the oranges that are usually added to Blue Moon, both in the brewery as well as at the bar, are sweet oranges, right? They're navel oranges or some, you know, Valencia, some sort of sweet orange, not a bitter orange. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are bitter when you actually eat the pith or soak the pith in something. And so if your orange on your glass of blue moon is sitting at the bottom of the glass, I mean, some of the pith bitterness might've soaked in. And this, this beer that we're drinking is kind of bitter and kind of savory. It's not that sweet orange thing. So I think that, that there's a pithiness mm. to this beer that comes from citrus mm. as well. I also get lemon. I get bergamot. You get a little like that, that tight tart citrus from, uh, from, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, Black tea from uh, uh, <laughs> from Earl England. Gray. Uh, Earl Grey, thank okay. you. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, the bergamot uh, from from Earl Grey. I was going to say, um, if yeah, you so just said bergamot, citrus. I would have no clue what you're talking about. Okay, well, <laughs> they 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 love them in uh, in mm-hmm. Europe, but uh, um, they're not as popular here. I'm on but board. anyway, uh, that one. Uh, yeah, so we got citrus, we got palm fruits, we got citrus. Uh, another fruit family uh, would be uh, berries. Okay, do you get raspberry mm-hmm. or? Um, you know, blueberry or pomegranate is berry, cranberry. I mean, I guess I can see palm a little. I guess I can see pomegranate. I guess I can mm-hmm. see that, but it's not anything that I, I would have said. Mm-hmm. It's not it's, jumping out to me either. I don't think, think there's any berry. There's something fruity in here, but I think it might be mm-hmm. like the palm fruit. Yeah. Well, there are other. We're not done with our fruits here. So, oh. um, for berries, I specifically look for sort of color in the in the aroma. Do I smell blue or do I smell red? I don't really smell a lot of blue or red in this in this beer. No, that's sort of crazy. But that smelling colors works for some people. Um, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Cool. Uh, and then uh, another fruit family to think about is tropical fruits. So, do you get mango? Do you get pineapple? What about? Um, you know, guava or passion fruit or something like that. It's another one that you said, but I do get the pineapple. Like I do think there's, I do think definitely. Yeah. And it's not just the tartness. There's, yeah. There's, I think specifically distinct flavor. Typically it's not a, it's not a tart pineapple aroma. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's yeah. like cooked or like a canned yeah. pineapple aroma, like open up that can. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something called ethyl butyrate. Okay. So butyric acid is a very unpleasant smelling acid that is commonly in um, like baby, baby vomit, baby spit up. Oh. And this beer, when it's young, Great. can smell like baby spit up. It's awful. However, give it time, it'll age together, and um, the ethanol and the butyric acid will join to create something called ethyl butyrate, which is in pineapple. So this beer doesn't smell like pineapple when it's young, but at this age, it does smell like pineapple. I think it's an awesome part of this beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also one of those things that you come to after a while of thinking about it yeah. and tasting it. Yeah, you know, I like so. I. Up front, I would yeah, never have said that. Forefront, maybe. After you've said it, I think I can get it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's usually 
produced by Britannomyces East. So thank you, Brett, for the for thank the you, for the tropical aromas. Thank you, Brett. Um, what other? Uh, how about melon? Okay, that's another family. Do you get any cantaloupe or honeydew out of this? Watermelon. I don't think I do. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I get maybe a little tart honeydew, like a green, you know, young honeydew or something. But it's not. It's not that. super prevalent. I, I get a little rind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of a rindy aspect. Um, and then the sixth fruit family that I can't remember this point. Oh, stone fruit. Yeah. So uh, cherries, apricots, peaches, nectarines, plums. Hmm. I want to say something around an apricot, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I get a touch of noyau, which is sort of a nutty aspect, but it's technically the flavor of apricot pits. Hmm. So they use them in France a lot to flavor, um, you know, flavor uh, liquors and things like that. I'm mean, actually, they're probably in your chartreuse, Larry. Uh, the noyau thing gives you a little bit of an almond extract, sort of a nutty sherry thing yeah. that I associate also with apricots. Anyway, yeah, so we got a lot of different fruit families present. Um, and so it's very complex fruitiness. However, it's yeah. not a sweet beer. A lot of people think fruit should taste sweet, but really we're just talking about the aromas of fruit mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So um, I love doing this tasting a sour beer because there are, I initially wanted to say, oh, it's super sour, but like mm-hmm. these sour beers have so much going on in them. Like it's such so an yeah. interesting, they're really so interesting much. to take apart. Yeah. Well, these do. The, the ones we're going to talk about next week have less going on typically like a Goza. Yeah, I mean, the, it just depends on how many things are fermenting the beer and how how it's aged. And so, mm-hmm. if it's not aged very long, and there are you know only a limited number of um, bacteria that are actually fermenting it to make it sour, you're going to get less complexity. But this beer, a lambic, a guz, is about as complex as, as a beer can possibly get. So um, yeah, so we've got a lot of different fruits going on, um, and then um, we talked about our acids. Let's talk about uh, some of those earthy animal things. So let's talk about blue cheese. What what are we getting in that in that kind of earthy animal department? I mean, I'm totally getting. A, I mean, this thing smells like a cob salad to me. I mean, I get. I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting a, I, I I'm definitely getting that blue cheese, that bacon. I mean, is it is it weird to say rocks like in in the no. earthy category? It's almost like a, like a surface like water rushed off rocks kind of flavor mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, I like that. Um, I get a little little hint of chalk in it. Um, it is earthiness, but it's technically called inorganic earth. Uh, but okay. in the organic earth category, is more like the cheese and the gotcha. the uh, the bacon. But yeah, Larry, I I oh part Maddie, part of the, the minerality to the the inorganic earth thing is not just a little hint of chalkiness potentially from the water, but it's also highly carbonated. Right, mm-hmm. it smells a lot like CO two. CO two smells very minerally. It offers this sort of minerally sting that sort of dries out the impression of a, of a beverage. Larry, your Cobb salad, I love, and I want to use that if I can, if I if I may. Cobb salad is mostly greens, right? So you get sort of that grassy green yeah. note that we talked about was in here, um, and it's bacon and it's blue cheese, right? And so bacon and blue cheese, uh, this beer has in spades. So let's talk about let's talk about the bacon first. So bacon, uh, first of all, smells like smoke, uh, and that is present in this beer from the Tanamyces. Okay, it's created something called four ethyl phenol, as well potentially as guaiacol, and potentially even four ethyl uh, syringol. Okay, those uh, three compounds are created by certain strains of Britannomyces yeast with time and uh, T-I-M-E, not T-H-Y-M-E. And um, they're phenols that smell medicinal and smoky and spicy. So like clove and bacon and smoke and maybe even a little bit of antiseptic like Band-Aid or iodine. So if you like uh, um, that iodine-y sea spray aroma in certain Scotch whiskeys, like Eli Scotch whiskeys, um, there's some crossover with this. 
so that's kind of part of your bacon. But bacon's not only about smoke. It's also about uh, pork and fat, right? Specifically, it's a fatty cut of pork. And that fatty note, um, fats, animal fats typically have a lot of uh, esters in them that are, or sorry, not esters, acids um, that are called uh, goatee acids. So they're, um, goatee? they're prevalent in goat's milk. Yeah, G-O-A-T-Y. Oh, so it's like describing okay. a goat. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so like, yeah, goat's milk. So goat's milk has a lot of uh, capric acid, caproic acid, and caprylic acid. And those three acids all smell sort of um, uh, fatty, soapy, sweaty. Um, they don't sound good, uh, but we sure like them in bacon. We sure like them in Syrah wines and Rhone, uh, Rhone red variety wines. Um, and they also are uh, produced by this, uh, by this yeast. And then they are the precursors. Remember, I was talking about butyric acid as a precursor for that pineapple ester. Um, when it gets uh, esterified with ethanol, with alcohol, um, those goatee acids can, can be esterified with alcohol into uh, things that smell like pineapple and things that smell like um, uh, anise or fennel and uh, things that smell like um, brandy and apples. Did I say apple already? Um, so not like apple skin, but like apple flesh. So you got all these really nice fruit aromas um, off of these uh, that start off sort of as goaty and fatty and bacony but also get sort of uh, fruity at the same time. It's so nice. it's just a fascinating amount of <laughs> flavor yeah. combination in there. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Can I ask you, what is the pro- – I probably should ask this on the main podcast, but what is a good uh, temperature to drink this at? Because I feel like when we were at the Lambic Brewery, wasn't it kind of warmer? And not warm, but mm-hmm. like not – definitely not chilled. Definitely not I say chilled. this for every beer, okay? The colder you drink it, the less you're going to smell it mm-hmm. and the harder it's going to seem. So it's going to seem more sour, more carbonated, more bitter. And then the warmer you have it, the more it's going to seem sort of soft and alcoholic and sweet. And so this beer I personally like – I mean, think about it. It's a rustic beer that uh, was probably always drunk at cellar temperature or warmer. Cellar yeah. temperature is kind of loosely 55 degrees or something like that. You know, this is highly carbonated, so I think at that temperature, the carbonation might come out too quickly, might really sting you and, and kind of numb your palate. But I think, you know, 50 degrees or 45 degrees is fine. You know, fridge well, temp's a little cold for this. Yeah, one. it seems like... Well, I was going to say, well, I, I was going to say this because, you know, I started drinking this when we started the podcast. And when I started drinking it, it was mm-hmm. very cold. It was yeah. very cold. And I really and liked tight, it. Right? I really liked it. Made my mouth pucker. It was great. But I love this beer so much more. <laughs> Now that it's warm, I mean, there's just so much more hitting my tongue totally um, than when it was um, ice cold. Even though I liked it when it was uh, cold too, mm. but it's just this is I I, I am like in, into this. It's sort of right like now. an exponential. Um, the the flavors, the aromas are exponentially more available to your to your olfactory neurons the warmer it gets. So the beer you had at the beginning of the podcast when it was cold had, I don't know, 100 flavors. Now it's probably got 1,000 or 10,000 flavors that could potentially be identified by your nose. So it's a, it's a fascinating beer as it opens up. Well, well I'll, I'll 100% say all of the things we – and I know I'm not tasting it. It's coming through my nose. But all of those things that we just uh, described that we smell, like the, the Cobb salad flavor, mm-hmm. I get that more now with it being warm. Mm-hmm. Warmer. Sure. Let me say warmer than when it was um, right out of the refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I totally agree. I think it's great. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to forget about the blue cheese either. So let's talk about blue cheese. What is blue cheese? Blue cheese is fat. Okay. It's milk. It's dairy fat. So that's another source of those, uh, those goatee acids I was talking about. It also tastes sort of animally and sort of manure a little bit. Like if you get really good blue cheese that's not pasteurized, it's going to smell like the pasture. And part of that is grass, but also part right. of it is cow manure, right? <laughs> so it sounds sort of gross and muddy and earthy yeah. and stinky, but yeah. there's a little bit of that 
that kind of feral note to creamy blue cheeses. Um, the blue part of blue cheese is a fermentation by a variety of different molds, um, but they typically will produce a lot of fruity flavors, uh, similar to the yeasts that uh, we're talking about in this beer that are producing fruity flavors. So molds and yeasts are both in the fungus family. Mm-hmm. And when they ferment uh, various types of sugars, they will create fruity aromas. So, um, yeah, so I like that, that blue cheese idea very much. It's kind of, um, it's got the mixture of the earthy, the animal thing, as well as fruit. The saltiness, like a blue cheese is typically pretty salty. Bacon's pretty salty. This beer is not, not that salty, but honestly, it's got a little hint of salt. Okay, this seems crazy, but when I was studying to become a sommelier, uh, one thing that blew my mind is that as you age wines, the acidity in them will drop and turn into a minerally kind of salt uh, uh, byproduct. And so as you, if you have a really aged wine, it will be, be less sour and more salty tasting than it was when it was young. And this beer undergoes the exact same process. So part of this beer was three years old at bottling. I don't know what, what you know, bottling you guys have. I'm actually looking for a date online. Ooh. Oh, it's some, it's some special fun. code. It's a proprietary code. So I can't figure oh. out when it was bottled. But, you know, it takes a little <laughs> while for this beer to get from Belgium to the United States. It's not a fast seller. So, you know, it's well, here, what do you, what is your, what's your code? What's your bottle code? My code is, let's do this. Where'd it go? I got BB2, BB26PGC. Wow, we're way different. I'm, <laughs> oh. I'm BL16PGC. Oh, Mine that was too. a great bottling. Mine too. <laughs> Mine's the same as Maddie's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon that these beers might take a year or two, even once they hit the United States, to get sold. Yeah. You know, because they're not real popular sellers. Okay. Something like Heineken is going to take two months to get sold, but a fancy weird bottle of, you know, sour, stinky beer from Belgium might take a couple of years to, to sell. So, you know, part of this beer has, has a lot of time on it. And so that means that I think this acidity is dropping slightly. It's still a sour beer, but this sapidity or the saltiness is actually picking up. And the way to taste that best is not just to taste the beer, but lick your lips after you've taken a sip because your lips, um, the, the water from the beer and the alcohol from the beer will, will uh, evaporate from your lips much more quickly than it will from your mouth. And so the salt oh. will collect on your lips. Oh, interesting. Weird. So anyway, that's more of a savory that's aspect cool. to this beer that makes it awesome yeah. food. And it's another sort of nod to the, uh, to the blue cheese, the saltiness. And I really hope if there's anyone listening who hadn't tried this kind of beer before and likes it, I feel like this is like an exciting type to be tasting because this just opens up a whole other world. Like as it did, honestly, when you introduced me to it, Rich, like it's kind of a whole, a whole segment of beer that like, it's just really delicious and really different. And there's a whole lot, whole lot to try in this world. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, you know, we should give at least quick mention to the, to the horse poop thing. Uh, that, that's, that's something that uh, a lot of people hate about Britannomyces yeasts. Uh, not all Britannomyces yeasts will create that aroma, but uh, th- this beer certainly has a couple of them, at least, that produce that. And that thing is called 4-ethylphenol. And that's what I was talking about earlier for being sort of smoky, excuse me, smoky, spicy, um, and, uh, and uh, iodine-y. But it also has a horse manure aspect, which sounds disgusting. Who the hell wants this in their beer? I hope you'll agree that it's in there, but it's a really low amount of it. And it adds to the complexity and that um, there's bacteria and or yeast specifically that live in uh, that feast on horse manure yeah. in, in barns know, that make that smell. Though, I'll tell you, man, like, you know, having been on a farm for different times, there's something really nice about the smell of horse manure. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, no, I kind of agree. I mean, I kind of think that's tied into honestly, when I say smells like straw, 
Like I do mm-hmm. think there's a lot of overlapping. What do horses smells. eat? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather smell I'd rather smell horse shit than dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so why don't we wrap it up on the horse manure? Uh, Rich, thank you so much for leading us on this tasting. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, yeah, man. Really again, again. Um, if you were just listening, this is the Lindemann's Cuvée René. Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, I'll just say real quickly: uh, if you you know rate, review us, all that stuff, we really appreciate it on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @liquidbreadpod. Let's not do plugs. We can save those for the main episodes. Yeah. But until next Except time, if you want to learn about glassware. <laughs> oh yes, the glassware plug. <laughs> if you want to learn glassware, we won't. You know, zip back to whenever Rich talked about glassware. Yeah. Or YouTube. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, until next time. What do you guys want to say? Happy beer. Oh no, 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 no happy beer. <laughs> <laughs>